Welcome to America's Top Rebbitons. May this class be for Rafu Shalema from Malka Yehudis Bat Rivka. I'm so excited to have on today's show Rebbitson Gitti Epstein. Rebbitson Gitti, along with her husband, Rabbi Ruvain Epstein, are the founders of Marriage Pro, an organization that provides classes and support for hundreds of couples who are married or who are dating for marriage. Wow, that is really, really quite a task. Please tell us more about yourself and what you do. Hi. So first of all, thank you so much for having me on. This is such a privilege and so special. Um, So basically, I guess to understand what we do, we'll take it back a little bit to when we just got married. We, um, We moved to Israel and we we, I say we, we joined Rabbi Berkowitz's kolel. My husband really joined it. And um, it was a halacha kolel. And he got smicha in different areas. And at the same time that he was doing that, they had a program for the women that every Sunday they had the women come and join. And there were shiurim. And it was so beautiful because it was also, in essence, like a kirav kolel. They wanted to send the guys out to do some kirav. And if the women were not on board, then it wouldn't work. A hundred percent. So they um, so they included the women in a lot of the programs, which was so beautiful. And one of the things that they offered was a kala teaching course. Beautiful. And and I at first I was dragging my feet a little bit. Should I do it? Should I not? My husband really pushed me to do it, and I was so like taken by the whole thing. I became so passionate about it. And already so young, when I was just like a cola wife in Aritishol, I started teaching kalas. And my passion for it just like expanded and expanded. And I feel like there was like, I don't want to say a void, but people were looking for, for young. They wanted someone that they could relate to. And um, I, I love doing it. And I have such a passion. And since my Israel days of teaching girls from then, I've just expanded. We had moved to Staten Island. I taught in Staten Island. We moved to Brooklyn. I taught in Brooklyn and now I'm in Tom's River, teaching in Tom's River. That's beautiful. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) And so at this point, you and your husband, Rabbi Ruben Epstein, have been married for over 15 years and you really- Oh, Mazel Tov. 15 year anniversary, yes. Mazel Tov. Um, So you you really, really know what it takes to make a great marriage. I mean, as women, what are some of the things that we can do to create a healthy, positive and loving marriage, even if we've already been married 12 plus years? So when you say like, even if someone's married, meaning it, it hasn't been so smooth up until then, or, or just to add, I feel like in general, the, the tips that you give for Kalas could work for someone that's married 20 years, because the tips that I give are really so slight. They're not such major changes that you feel like you have to uproot everything, unless you've been really doing the opposite for so long, then it's going to be very hard. But um, a few tips are... Um, very much focusing on the positive, making sure that when you look at things, you look at what is positive about a situation. When you walk into your house, do you feel like it's warm, it's happy, it's loving, the temperature? I like to talk about the temperature of the house because we as women have such a a power that you don't even realize you, you possess. And you have such a power to making sure that the temperature in the house is so positive and besimcha and 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 just all around warm and cozy. You have that ability. Um, so making sure the temperature is very nice, the focusing on the positive, there's so much like it's so easy to look at all the negative. The negative rises to the top. Yes. And it's so easy to, you know, I always say like you could be told you just want a raffle, but then 
the door slams on your finger, you forget about it. It's the only thing you think about because the pain is radiating and you, you, that's the only thing that you focus on. But if you step away from the situation, you say, you know what? I was holding my baby when this happened and Baruch Hashem, it wasn't my baby's hand that got stuck in the door. You start looking and you start seeing certain positive things to otherwise not such positive experiences. And when you start putting on those glasses where you start noticing things in a positive way, then your marriage, because you start looking at your husband in a more positive way, you could be like, oh, he's so negative. He's so, you know, you see all the bad rises to the top, but there is so much good there. There is so much good that he brings to the table. Focus on that. And something else I think that's like such a great, such a great tool is having realistic expectations because so many times we have unrealistic expectations of ourselves, of our spouses, of our children. And we think that our husband should be a certain way and we should be a certain way. And some expectations are realistic, but if you're having unrealistic expectations and you're looking at your husband who you know is not a very expressive person, right? And you're expecting him to be very, very expressive. Then you're gonna set yourself up for disaster. You try to find in the expectation what's realistic for you and your spouse. So I feel like focusing on the positive is such a big deal, making sure the temperature in your house is positive and warm and making sure that your expectations are not unrealistic. That's wonderful. These are very, very practical things. They're not up in the sky kind of things. Yes, I, I think that that's and I think also it doesn't mean all of a sudden if you're more of like a heavier person and you're more of like a negative person that all of a sudden you have to turn around and it's like all of a sudden you're dancing in your house. That's not realistic <laughs> for yourself. But little things slowly but surely changing, smiling more when your husband comes home spending more time with your kids, not just being critical, you know, but actually being positive, giving small compliments here or there. These are not major things that you have to change around critical midos inside of you. It will end up changing critical midos inside of you, but it's the little things. I feel like little doses of these things slowly start implementing and changing things in a very, very nice way. Yes. And it has a ripple effect. You start noticing one thing that's positive, then all of a sudden it's two and three and four. And then not just about your husband, just about your kids also. And the whole vibe of the house changes. A hundred percent. And it will, your people who you work with will notice that there's differences. And I, I also feel like right now we're in such a generation where everything is like, thank you, Hashem. Yes. And it's never been so acknowledged like it is today. And it's one of the most beautiful things, even like what my kids, something happened and his first reaction was, thank you, Hashem. And I, I, that's such a beautiful thing. You look at the positive, you focus on the positive and you give gratitude to Hashem. It will trickle down to your husband, to your kids, to the people you are around, your family, a great me that to have. It's so amazing. It's so amazing. Um, another thing I want to talk about is about differences in communication in a marriage can be abundant. I mean, um, a husband might be trying to communicate his love to his wife in one way, but she completely doesn't receive it that way. He, she doesn't receive it as signals of love that he's sending that he's sending love her way. She completely perceives it as something else. And she gets annoyed with him instead. I mean, there's a lot of truth to the expression, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. And I want to see what wives can do to better understand their husbands and also to better communicate to them. Okay. Oh, this is such a great question. So there is this concept called the five love languages. I'm sure yes. you're familiar with the five love languages and it's brilliant. It's fantastic. And it's five different ways that someone feels loved. But 
going back to my original thing about saying having realistic expectations, sometimes your let's say your your expectation or your um, your love language is gifts. Okay. And you have this expectation that your husband's going to shower you with gifts. And for whatever reason, you don't have the money. He just doesn't realize that this is something that you want or whatever it is. And instead, he is very good with the kids. And he's giving the kids baths. And he's straining up the kitchen after supper. And he's helping you in a different way. Let's say helping with jobs. And in a way, you take that for granted because... You're so focused on, I need gifts. My, I took a test online, the five love languages <laughs> test, and it's said that gifts is my love language. He doesn't get me. But I think even a bigger Mida is being somebody who is a receiver, someone who receives. It is such a beautiful Mida and not practice so much because it doesn't seem like it's you know high up there on the list of Midas that you want to be working on. But being a receiver is basically if someone tell gives you a compliment or gives you anything, you receive it by accepting it. So if your husband says to you, wow, you look nice today, instead of saying, oh, no, I don't, or eh, you're just saying that, you say, wow, I really need to hear that today. Thank you so much. Will he be more willing to give you more after receiving something like that? For sure. I really believe he would. <laughs> and a lot of times also what people kind of mistaken is that if let's say someone's love language is words of affirmation. They need to hear their husband be complimentary and, and, and talking, but she realizes her expectation of a husband who is like that is wrong because her husband doesn't have the gift of gab. He just doesn't know how to express himself that way. So he goes to a store and he picks out a piece of jewelry that you think is not nice. It's not nice. It's ugly. It's not your taste. And he brings it to you. And in your mind, you're like, this isn't my love language. I don't need gifts. And it's ugly. And you're like, eh, maybe I'll go return it. So this was his way of trying to give you something. And instead it was kind of, it was rejected. It was yes. rejected. Mm -hmm. And how fast when you're rejected, do you try again and try again and just be rejected and rejected and rejected? So the more someone's rejected, the more they're going to just stop trying at all. So being a receiver, even if you don't like the piece of jewelry, even if you don't like the gift, and even if it's not exactly the love language you expect, He's cleaning up the, the kitchen for you, or he wants to spend time with you when you would rather he clean up the kitchen, whatever it is, <laughs> what it is, because the more you receive, the more he's going to want to give. And I'm telling you, the more you receive it in that warm, yummy temperature way, he's going to want to give you the things that you want specifically. It will come around. It will come around. That's amazing. And it's, it's very smart. It is very smart because, you know, when when you want to give to somebody and the other person rejects you, you you, yes. you stop, you kind of shut down on all fronts, not just on that particular front, on all fronts, on all fronts, you try, you stop giving. And, yes. and it's you know what, I also feel like if your husband says to you something, a compliment, like, wow, you're such a great mother, which is like such a deep compliment, it's such yes. a nice compliment to hear. And you say, you know what, I really needed to hear that or like, wow, thank you so much. That made me feel good. And you're accepting that compliment you're actually giving back to him. So it's like a ping pong game between spouses. He's giving and you're giving back. He feels, it's not like that the, the compliment was rejected. How many times do you say to someone, oh, wow, you look so good. And they say, ah, you should have seen me this morning. Or, <laughs> or he, they, any compliment, people feel like it's like almost like a, like a Gaiva thing to accept the compliment or to accept something that someone's giving you. But I, I, I always remember, and I think I once said the story that I had a, an amazing aunt, an amazing aunt. And she came to our house to visit us when we lived in Israel. And my husband said to her, do you want a drink? And she said, 
Ruben, I would love a drink. And my husband went and he poured her a drink and left it there. And after she left, I noticed that she didn't even drink it. But she didn't want to just say no to my husband. Her husband would say, okay. She actually received it. Maybe she took a little sip or whatever it was, but she received. And being a receiver is such a beautiful, beautiful media to have, especially in marriage. And your husband's trying. In your question, it wasn't like that he's just given up. Like he is trying to give you something. Yes. Take it and, you know, take it. It will only benefit you if you receive. Thank you. Thank you. I do. I think that's a marriage changer. I think you're right. Um, So as I mentioned earlier, both the husband and the wife are each responsible for their own role in the marriage. And there can be many conflicts that arise when only one person, usually it's the wife that's working on the marriage and the husband is not. And there's so many things distracting our husbands from our relationship with them. I mean, they're worried about money. They're worried about work, about the kids, about their health. And technology is a whole other distraction on its own computers, cell phones, laptops. And even on top of that, often husbands suffer from anxiety and even ADHD. So they have their own stuff on top of everything that I just said. And with all these things at play, working on a marriage may be the last thing on your husband's list, even if it's on the list at all, you know? So, and meanwhile, the wife is working night and day and day and night on improving the marriage and taking classes and reading books and going to therapists and all that. And she feels like she's doing it on her own. And I want to see what advice you can give to women who are married, but yet they feel alone. Oh, wow. First of all, that's hard. That is so hard to be in that position. And in terms of a woman who's, who feels this way because her husband has a mental illness or abuse or addictions or something like that, the advice for that is you have to get the help for that. You need to go to a competent therapist, a competent group, somebody who's going to give you the tools and the tips on how to maneuver this relationship because being in a one-sided relationship, especially in this, this hard matzah that, like I just mentioned, is very difficult. And without support, sometimes women feel that it's their faults and they, they yeah. need, they need the, the help and the, the support and, and the guidance in order to know how to. And a lot of times women, if they don't have that, they take a lot of the blame for what's going on on themselves. And it's detrimental. It's very hard for them and it's hard for the families. So getting the support and, and the therapy that's needed is, is so necessary. But besides for those, that those are the exceptions to the rule. Let's say there's someone who doesn't have this. A lot of times women feel that they're working so incredibly hard on their relationship, but sometimes they're missing the mark a little bit. They feel like they're putting in so much effort into something, but they're not focusing on what their husbands need from them or what their family needs from them. They could be extremely knowledgeable. They could know all the right things, but they're very focused on changing their spouse because they feel like in a marriage, if he changed, then things would be better. Mm -hmm. Or I'm so focused on, on, on being critical of my husband because then he will know to give me more gifts. And when, so in her mind, she might be thinking I'm working very hard on my marriage, but sometimes it's not really that she might be working very hard, but it's not for her marriage specific. Her marriage specifically needs something different. And what most marriages need nowadays, most marriages need, let's talk about what the wife needs to bring to the table. Cause that's right. This is the rabbit's in. This is for the women. Yes. Is that so many times women think that they're very much of their husbands or like I went to a shear 
And the shear said that I have to be Masha and my husband. So I'm very Masha and my husband. But when you actually start breaking things down, you realize she's not. She's not. She's critical. She's putting him down. She so wants things to be different, but not in a way of changing the marriage or changing her own mindset. It's very much on changing him because once he's changed and what I'm doing all the work, why isn't he doing anything? Then all of a sudden there becomes like this void or this rift. So probably for somebody that's that's that thinks that they're trying to work on their marriage and they're not seeing anything and barring all those things that I mentioned, mental illness and all of that, if he's a healthy person, if he's seeing that somebody is really trying to put in the effort and I'll give you some ideas of effort, then naturally someone is going to at least change a little bit, right? There's going to be something there. So focusing on not being critical of your spouse, focusing on really being him in your bones, not just that you say it, not just that you, you know, you just, it's on paper, but that you are him through and through. And he feels it. If your husband comes home and he feels that you are him inside the deepest part of your heart, he will open up to you. And that relationship that you crave, he's craving also. Just a lot of times there was rejection. A lot of times there was other things that went on that maybe he feels that you're critical. Maybe he feels like you're, you know, you're, you're trying to change him. Maybe you're a little bit too controlling, you know, then if you try to change that focus and really be much of him, even if you don't understand the things that he's, you know, his work or whatever it is that he's doing that you just, you can't understand You're still much of who he is something will come around. For example, let, let me give an example. Let's say someone really doesn't like the fact that her husband um, wakes up late. In okay. The morning. okay mm-hmm. That's a very popular, a popular complaint that I hear. And it, it, it's very bothersome. It is a very bothersome thing for some people to like, they're, they're doing a lot and their husbands are sleeping in the morning and it's very, very hard for them. But if you are mosh of this person in your bones, right? You were so mosh of this person, you would say to yourself, it's really hard for him to get up. It's really hard for him to get up. I am mosh of him regardless. I'm going to change this rule I have in my mind that he should be up earlier than me or whatever it is that you make a rule about. I'm going to change this so that I am truly mosh of who he is. He brings so much to the table. He's a hard worker. He brings in money for the family. He's learning all day, whatever it is. I'm going to focus, remember focusing on the positive and I'm going to respect him so much. I'm going to respect, I'm going to respect his opinions. I'm going to respect his ideas. And I'm not going to try to change him. I remember I had a Kala already who was engaged to a boy who was in school for a long time for a, a, a specific career. And she was working her entire engagement trying to change that. And maybe it was because she was embarrassed of the choice of career that he chose or whatever it was. And this is such a... The, she was a mash of him. This was his decision. This was his choice. And if it's something that they both discuss together and make a, a fundamental goal together, that they, let's say, he decides he wants to change, that's something that you're going to support and be together with him. But to change already the career that he worked so hard, because for you, like, like for you, it's, it's like, it's embarrassing for you. It's more of a selfish thing. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't feel like you respect him. I remember someone was talking to me on the phone and I said, your husband doesn't think that you don't respect him. He knows you don't. 
He knows you don't. Even though he, she said, I never told him that. I said, all the complaints that you have about him, even though you're not saying it, it comes out. It comes out. It really, really comes out in the things that you're, you're, you're rolling your eyes at him or you're, you know, you're trying so hard on changing him, but first change yourself. He says something, say, I hear you. I'm of that, even though it's something totally different than what you had expected or what you thought originally. So I think that if somebody would work on this prop of respecting him, he comes home and he feels like he's respected by his spouse to the bones through and through, then whatever it is that you feel like you're working on, on trying to change him or trying to better the marriage, sometimes when you give in a little bit, become a little bit more supportive a little bit more marsh of him, you're going to see things change on his side for what you are, what you're going through. I feel like the way that you look at your spouse is a big indication of how he is in his own life. You know, um, the story, one of my favorite stories is the story of Rachel, Aishas Rabbi Akiva. And a lot of us will say, well, my husband is, is not such a great guy. I see a lot of negative and he's not such a great guy and doesn't want to connect to me. And if there's anyone in Tana, in like the story of our, our, our Gemara or anything, Rabbi Akiva hated Talmidei Chachamim to the point where he wanted to bite their hands like a donkey. And why does it say a donkey? Because a donkey would break the bone. He was, he had so much hate and he was, someone would look at him and say, he's a lost cause. He is a lost cause. I don't know how many husbands that people think negatively about their spouses are on that level, right? And Rachel saw something so deep and special about Rabbi Akiva under all of that. And that's the only thing she focused on. She focused on what was the positive and she respected that so much. And when Rabbi Akiva came home, what did he, what did he say? He said, He wasn't just writing her a note and said like, you know, thank you so much. He was telling his Talmidim, he was saying, Anything that you have or anything that I have is completely in her schuss, is completely in her schuss. She saw something in me and believed in me. And if Rabbi Akiva, who was so low at the time and became so great because of belief, sometimes our husbands who are not that low, I'm telling you, they're not that low, (laughs) have belief and respect from their spouse they will be able to be fantastic and such great people and you will get what you want. I say this a lot because people think like, so I have to put away a lot of the things that I want, you know, I have to put them a little bit on hold. And the answer is, yeah, you, a little bit. Sometimes you do just focus on him, focus on the respect that you have for him. And I'm telling you within a, such a short amount of time, he'll be like, you want to go on a walk with me? Do you want to spend some time with me? And you're going to start seeing the fruits of your labor really pay off. I'll tell you one more story that um, I was talking to somebody and she's a very hard worker and her husband was laid off and he's not working now. And whenever she comes home from such a hard, hard day, she comes home and she sees her husband on the yeshiva world and looking on matzav and these new sites. And she feels this feeling of resentment or whatever it is building up inside of her. And she, 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 she's, she's like, you can't see it. And I said, you could see it, but she's like, you can't see it, but there's steam that's like coming out of my, my nose. So I said to her, I said, he sees it. He feels that you're not mosh of him. 
And you might be right, wrong, whatever it is. Nebuch, he, he doesn't have a job right now. And if you were mash of him, you would be mash of the things that he finds is important. So instead of like rolling your eyes to the back of your head, when you come home and you see him, you see him sit down and say to him, what happened today on the news? What happened today on the yeshiva world? And she's like, I, I can't do that because I feel like then I'm going to be supporting something that I'm not supportive of. So I said, listen, this is the way that you could try to connect him. Cause she's always like, I'm working on my marriage. I'm working on my, let's work on this. Let's work on this prop. So she went over to him when she came home and she said, what happened on the news today? And he said, ah, nothing really. Cause he thought that she was going to start yelling at him that she, he was on the issue world. Like she does all the time. So she said, no, I, I really want to know what happened. So he went in on this detail and that detail. And there's a discrepancy with this view, political view. And he was going on and on. He was like on fire. And she was just quietly saying, wow, wow, that's so amazing. And she did this for a couple of days. And she said, she came home. And after supper, her husband says to her, do you want to go for a walk with me tonight? And she said, this was the first time since they got married. And she's marrying off kids, this lady. Wow. The first time since they got married that he offered to do something. And I said, you change the temperature. He doesn't feel like every time he's sitting with you, you're about to jump on him. You're about to, to, to change him, criticize. It was just, you sat back and you were machshev something, even though you didn't understand it, you were machshev who he was. And you could have said he was a lost case. He's a low, you know, like he, he he's lost his job and this and then she doesn't respect him. And there's so many things that you could build up in your head about why this is not going to work. But it's so important, even husbands, want to have a close connection but they want to have a close connection with somebody who respects them very so important work on this a little bit and i i hope i don't sound like i'm i'm that i'm putting it all on the wife because there's so much that the husband has to bring to the table but for such a long time feeling like this criticism and this criticalness and trying to change him and reinvent him and everything sometimes taking a break from that and letting him drive letting him be in the front seat a little bit it will always come back and give you back 10 times. It will. I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. And it's such a, it's such an important key point. Um, and for, for those um, people who might not be familiar with the term, can you just give a quick definition of what Makhshev is? I mean, you gave great examples. Ma- yeah, Makhshev, well, the root of the word Makhshev is Khashev, which is, okay. you know, like I am yes. Makhshev, I am respectful of. Yes. Okay. Okay. I think it's Khashev. You know, when you say to somebody, I think something is Khashev, like I hold of that. I think that that's important. Right. Okay. Perfect. Thank you. Um, And I I love your stories. I love your stories. And I I also love anecdotes because I feel like I learn from them. I feel like other people learn from them. And I want to see if maybe you could please share with us some stories, maybe from your personal life or from the, with the couples that you work with about a situation where maybe a couple was going through a really difficult time, like a particularly difficult situation, but they worked through it and they were able to resolve it successfully. Wow. So I, I have so many stories like this because, um, and all based on the previous points that I said, but mm-hmm. um, there's so many girls nowadays, and I, I say this in, in such a positive way, but there's so many girls nowadays that are so, um, so achieved. What's the word? They have so much achievements. They're so they're accomplished. So accomplished. That's the word. <laughs> they're so accomplished and they, they have so much that's going on. And they feel like they have life figured out and to a very large degree they do. And I have a lot of girls that are married with this 
this mindset of like, I have things figured out and this is how things should be. This is how things should be. My husband should be getting up on time, right? This is an expectation that I want to feel is a realistic expectation. My husband should be making a lot of money. That, that to me is a very realistic expectation when sometimes it's not realistic for the husband that you married. And Hashem puts everyone in a situation where you're in to make you a better person. So even though sometimes you think that you're like, you know, what am I, I'm in the worst, I'm in the worst position because this is not what I expected my relationship to look like sometimes. And I see this a lot because I spend so much time at night with colleagues that got married, focusing on this, this Nakuda alone, where girls are trying to, to fit a certain, a certain picture in their mind of what they think it, the spitz is like, what is the top of the top? And their husbands are not fitting that for them. And they're trying to change and trying to take their life and push it into this picture, this picture perfect thing that they think is, is the way that it should look like. And it's not. And so many girls took this shift and decided to change their real, realistic, their expectations into becoming realistic for their spouse alone and saw tremendous, tremendous difference. I, I could say tons of stories like this of girls trying to change their husband with this or that. Even with losing weight, you know, hounding him, hounding him, hounding him. You have to stop. It's not healthy. Smoking, stop smoking, stop smoking, stop smoking, all these things. And you know what? All of them are right. All of them are right. Is it unhealthy to smoke? Yes, it's unhealthy to smoke. Is it unhealthy? Someone told me that her husband drinks a lot of Diet Coke. Is it unhealthy? It's unhealthy. But if that's the only thing that you're focusing on, your house or your home or your spouse or your relationship is going to suffer so much. It's not worth it. It's just not worth it. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely so many girls making the shift of looking at their husbands with eyes of respect changed everything in their relationship with the way that they look at their spouse, even their own children. The way that you look at your children changes when you yourself are machsh of your children. Instead of being critical and feeling like you're their teacher, which you're definitely your teacher, they're teachers, but you're more their teachers by your actions than by actually being critical. So flip that around and with your spouse. Do you look at him when he's talking? Do you talk about him in a positive way to other people? These type of things are such little changers that really the shift, like when you're mosh of him, again, like, like when you hold of him, when you think that he's the best thing in the world, he will look at you like you're the best thing in the world. He will, he really, really will. That's so special. <laughs> that really is. <laughs> and it's a key way to transform your relationship. I love what you said, eyes of respect. That's yes. really, really key. Eyes of respect. I feel like it's such a big key because you, you know, I think they did a study and they had cameras on a bunch of couples. And one of the, the things that they, they saw was an indicator that a couple was not going to make it was when a couple was sarcastic with each other which is a very interesting thing because you would think like being sarcastic, you're on a certain level of friendliness that you could roll your eyes at him and whatever it is. But the sarcasm was actually something that was causing a rift in the respect between the husband and the wife. So even something as simple as your husband saying something and you rolling your eyes or saying like, don't listen to him anyways, that is damaging his ego, even if you think that it's not. Even if you think that it's not. I've seen so many times, like I, I even had once, a couple that was eating by us for Shabbos and the wife, anything, 
anything that the, the husband said, she pounced on anything. He said, like, I went to work today. No, you didn't. Like anything that he opened his mouth, she just jumped on. And, and you saw like towards the end of the meal, he was just not saying anything. Like, it's not even worth it for me to even say anything. And she was, she was so controlling with the things that he said and did and everything that it was not, it wasn't a healthy, it wasn't healthy. Right. So, so eyes of respect, you look at your husband when he's talking, you look at your husband as he's, how did I get you? I am so lucky. Then things, I don't want to have to say change, but things will be different between the two of you when, you know, it's very interesting. I had someone who, who was telling me a lot of her, her issues that were going on in her marriage. And I said to her, I said, would you want to be married to you? Like if you, if your husband would talk to you the way that you're talking to him, she said, oh my gosh, if my husband would talk to me, like I talk to him, forget about it. So, but it doesn't bother him so much. I said, it bothers him so much. He might not be as verbal as you are. If he says something that's a little bit hurtful, but it bothers him. And he will now, why would he want to spend time with you if that's what he's getting from you? If he sits with you, and like I said, the temperature of being cozy and warm and loving is there, who wouldn't want to spend time with someone like that, right? You wouldn't right. want to spend time with somebody who's has this delicious coziness feeling. You know, sometimes you walk into a house and you just like plop on the couch and you're like, oh, I love it here. <laughs> That's what you want to make your marriage, right? You want your husband to like sit on the couch and be like, oh, I love it here. <laughs> you want to make your house that place or even your kids and your kids' friends. They want to come here because it's a fun, warm, cozy, caring, loving house. And I love it. I want to be there. That's amazing. I want to be there. It's great. <laughs> it's, it's really, I want it. It's not so hard. It's just putting on some music, dancing around the kitchen with the kids. You know, like I love when I'm like dancing with the kids and my husband comes in and he joins dancing. Like, it sounds like, oh, that's so beautiful. It's so much fun. It's really so much fun. And you could do this too. It's really a lot of fun. Wow. You've given us some great and practical, wonderful tips. And really not just for husbands, but for kids too, for families. Yes, we yes, have families, yes, how to enhance yes, your family. Yes. Yeah, I like I, I feel like this idea of respecting. Yes. Also for kids, when your yes. kids feel that you respect them when you're talking to them, they respond so much better, so much, so much better. I even, I, what, well, you know, like I was talking to my son about something and he said, um, he like gave me advice about something. And I said, I said, like, I, I love that. Like, I love that coming from you. I love that. And he feels like a million dollars. I, he's contributing. He's going to keep contributing. If I don't just say that's stupid or okay, fine, whatever, rolling the eyes, right. Sarcastic. Um, but actually being a master of your kids is, I think, so important. It's such an important, important media to have. Thank you. Thank you so yeah. much, Robert Singh. I really appreciate you taking the time to join us on America's Top sure. Robertsons. I, I personally learned so much, and I know that our listeners will too, so thank you. And we hope our learning today was indeed for a fruition from Malka Yehudis Bat Rifka. If anyone in the audience has any questions or comments about the podcast, or if somebody would like to sponsor a future podcast, please email us at atrebitsons at gmail.com. That's A-T-R-E-B-B-E-T-Z-I-N-S at gmail.com. Thank you so much. Thank you.